Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with the fabulous three, myself, Tam, my man, Front Row Kenny. How are y'all doing? What it do, booze? What it do? How is everybody <laughs> out there? What's happening, y'all? All right, all right. I feel like this episode is about to be really short, and let me tell you guys why. Because NASCAR happened a whole, it wasn't even a week ago, but it feels like a week ago because we ran on a Thursday. And I just want to add this. I don't like midweek racing. Sorry. But on the Thursday, I felt that I was cheating Major League Baseball as well as the NBA. NASCAR has its place and it's on Sunday for cup races. I don't want to have any other races. Look like I'm in control of everything. But no, seriously, (laughs) I just didn't. It just threw me for a loop. And then I was thinking like, I actually, every, almost every day of the week, I have a Zoom call at five o'clock. So Thursday is the one day that I don't have a Zoom call and the NBA was started. And I was just like, oh, it's just team doing too much. I didn't like it. Now, did I like the race? I think I liked the race. The thing that's so crazy about it, I forgot all what happened. Kenny, (laughs) Renee, what happened? Who won? I'm not even going to give you guys a top 10, as I usually do, because at this point, who cares? Like, it's in the books. Yeah. Google it. I know that I picked uh, Kurt Busch to win, but I was just glad he at least came in the top 10. So I was like, all right, well, at least he came in the top 10. (laughs) Who won? Harvick? Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. Denny. Yeah. The ironic thing is I would say Harvick because I was thinking either Harvick or Hamlin. I forgot. I should have probably read the top 10, but... I figured nobody would care. But before Hamlin's we jump, fire. yeah, he is. Before we jump into some super NASCAR talk, and not that we have a lot to talk about, but Renee, how was your weekend? Oh, weekend was great. I was just uh, really trying to uh, make sure that I was ready for some baseball, even though probably uh, not a good time for uh, being a Houston Astros fan. But uh, however, I was just thankful that that the the sport itself was back. Only to uh, start to go through another issue of health throughout the entire baseball world. I don't know if you guys heard, but the, after the Phillies and the Marlins played, uh, almost the entire roster of the Marlins broke out with a with a coronavirus uh, positive test, and uh, so now it's it's literally like messing up the schedules of the the entire baseball season, which they're only going to play sixty games. But I was afraid that this was going to happen, and now we're the Major League Baseball is just trying to figure out how they're going to handle this. So. I don't know. That's uh, that's pretty much what, what my weekend was. Here's what happened. Somebody on that team went to the strip club with Lou Williams. <laughs> no, oh, wait, yeah. that's his name? It's Williams, <laughs> right, Lou? <laughs> yeah, Lou yeah, Williams. Yeah, I think it was Lou yeah, Williams, yeah. Right. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, one of the Los Angeles Clippers player, he had to leave the bubble, the NBA bubble, for a family emergency. And the family emergency was supposedly his grandfather's funeral. What happened was he went to one of the world famous strip clubs. And I say world famous, and I've been to that particular strip club a couple of times. 
not telling on myself. I actually have a funny story. I got kicked out of that strip club. Oh my <laughs> but God. yeah, that's a whole nother yeah, story. Wild. But yeah, <laughs> Magic City. Hey. So he was at that. Wait, first of all, don't judge me if somebody's listening to this podcast. <laughs> and let me let me preference this by saying the strip clubs in Atlanta are like clubs. In fact, there's Body Tap back in the day. I don't even know if Body Tap is still open. That strip club actually had a barbershop in the inside. <laughs> and I'm not going to defend Lou Williams, but he went there for the wings. And I can just co-sign on <laughs> the strip the clubs wings. actually do have good chicken wings. It's the craziest thing. I can. Oh, wait, I'm just telling on myself, but I'm going to tell this story. I was in Houston one time and they were like, you want Whataburgers or some wings? And I forgot the name of this strip club in Houston, but I was like, oh, I had Whataburgers earlier. What top burgers? I always say it wrong, but you know what I'm saying, Renee. You Everybody from, say you, it wrong. Yeah. What a burger. <laughs> I was like, oh, we can just go get some wings. We literally went to the strip club to eat chicken wings and fries and left. Oh, wow. Because that's what you do in the South, I guess. I don't know. And shout out to P Valley, the new show on stars. It's all about the strip club. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to know what area of Houston that was because uh, I'm pretty familiar with some of those strip clubs down there, too. <laughs> this one's been there for a long time. If you give me a second, I'll think of the name. But was it yeah, Harlem Nights? No. Because you know it's that whole street that has the strip clubs on. Oh, yeah. That's over there down by... Um... Because it's actually a Whataburger by one of those strip clubs. But anyway. Yeah, uh, okay. I think this is about NASCAR, not right. strip clubs. <laughs> but hey, here's the thing. It's in the news. And ironically, shout out to Colin Coward on Fox, The Herd, because him and Joy, similar to what just happened to me, hashtag Tam's rant, Colin, he didn't understand about the wings. So he kept asking Joy. And if you guys don't know, Joy Taylor is like his kind of like, I don't want to call her a sidekick, but she's not the co-host, but she is. It's actually Jason Taylor's sister. She's on the show with Colin. And he was a little like, so wait, explain to me about these wings. So people really go to the strip club for the wings. So she got into this whole big thing similar to what just happened to me, trying to explain to him about the clubs in Miami and Atlanta and just how it is. People go there for food. You go there sometimes after you go to another club, you go there to eat. It's it's crazy. We don't do that yeah. in LA because, you know, in LA, <laughs> we're just on a whole nother, like, that's just, I don't want to say beneath Hollywood, but we don't do that here. We go to like males and we have like a few places we go to after the spot. We'll go to Beverly Hills. There used to be this place in Beverly Hills that we would go to after the club and it's like proper dining, but they stayed open late. Okay. I just wasted a whole six minute of this podcast talking about something. And my point is Lou Williams from the NBA left the bubble because he told the NBA his grandfather passed. He made a pit stop at the strip club and ended up taking a photo with a rapper who posted it on Instagram and then tried to delete it. But it was already out there. And then come to find out, he didn't go to his grandfather's funeral. He went to a family's friend's funeral. It just got all crazy. So make a long story short, hashtag Tim's rant times 10. Stay out the strip clubs. I don't know. Kenny, how was your weekend? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I don't think my weekend was as eventful as Lou Williams was. It was pretty wild, but um, I helped my brother move back in to get get moved into actually his first apartment. So that's pretty cool. Um, got him all situated down here. He's just maybe maybe an hour away from me now. So that's pretty good. Um, pretty cool situation with that. So I got to see my parents as well this weekend, which is cool. Um, enjoyed that, but I think my weekend was pretty chill. Like I said, I ain't got nothing on Lou Will, but I'm chilling. <laughs> hey, Kenny, does your brother have a roommate? He does not. He actually does not have a roommate. I understand. Trust me. Oh, wait. Your parents letting him fly solo? He had, what is he, going in his junior year? So I guess so. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, he's good. He be, my brother be chilling. He don't like to be, I tell you what. My brother is almost like me, but he really just doesn't like to be bothered by people if he really doesn't want to be himself. If he don't want to do nothing, he won't do it. <laughs> or he don't want to be around people, he won't. I get it. Trust me. I'm like, uh, what is it? What do you call it? An omnivert, half extra, extrovert, extrovert, half introvert. I'm half and half, so I understand. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Does he have a girlfriend? He does not. He ain't like his big brother. He doesn't. He didn't. He didn't. He will soon. Now he Maybe. has his little bachelor Maybe pad. So. <laughs> Maybe <Yeah>. so. <laughs> okay. We've talked about strip clubs, first apartments, everything but some NASCAR. So Kansas, Denny Hamlin was the winner. No need to give the top 10 because by the time you guys listen to the podcast, that'll be ages ago. So what did happen over the weekend, we had a bunch of, well, we had an Xfinity race and a truck race. Brandon Jones went from seventh to first in the Xfinity race. Kenny, you're the Xfinity guy. Want to tell us a little <laughs> bit about your thoughts on the race? Well, I'll also add in one more thing for the two truck races. I thought they were pretty decent. And um, again, with the truck series, I think it's always like a, a catch for people. Either they catch it or they don't. But Austin Hill, if you guys don't know, won on Friday night. And then Matt Crafton actually ended a winless streak of, I believe, almost two years. I think his last win was like in 2017, ironically enough, at Charlotte. So he ended that for himself. But as far as the Xfinity race on Saturday, to be honest with you, I personally enjoyed that race a lot more than I did the Thursday night race, if I'm being all the way honest. It was very good, just all around. It was a, a hot, slick day at Kansas. And anytime you have the Xfinity series and you have the current packages that they're running and the drivers that they have now currently, they put on a pretty good show. Even though Austin Cindric swept the opening two stages, you thought it was just going to be him and it was going to be all him the entire race weekend. But of course, push come to shove in the latter half of the of the third stage, uh, young Harrison Burton actually got in the mix and those two battled it out up until a caution I believe with a lap car, something happened and a caution came out and that kind of bunched everybody up once again. It happened twice and that led Austin Cindric to and everybody else somehow, some way losing to Brandon Jones after he came from seventh place to first. And he made a great move way, way on the outside on the last lap, on the next to last lap. And he went straight to the front. I mean, he stormed to the front and it's crazy because I feel like a lot of people over the last few years for Brandon Jones have just thought that he was a waste of money at Joe Gibbs and that was just not going to be anything. And then of course he won at Kansas last year and he also won at Phoenix before this whole pandemic started. And then once again, he captures another win at Kansas and definitely the person 
I'm sure nobody bet on. I don't know if sports betting is still open in Las Vegas, but if you put money on Brandon Jones on Saturday, you came home with a pretty fat check because that was unexpected. But all around, I thought it was a a pretty solid race. And like I said, y'all can tell me however y'all feel about it, but I really genuinely think that the Xfinity race was much better than the cup race on Thursday night. And again, their package is king over every single series. I don't care what anybody says. It's got the best package by far. Kenny, do you think Brandon Jones will be moving up to Cup anytime soon? I couldn't personally see it. I don't know where he would fit in. And again, I know we're going to talk about this soon, but silly season is so wild and it has been for the last like two, two or three years. I don't know, but I really don't foresee it at the moment, honestly. He might be in Xfinity for another year, maybe. I mean, even if he cracks off a championship, which is possible the way things are set up now, Maybe it could be a realistic destination for him. Not sure where he would go, but we'll see. Yeah, well, I guess that was the perfect segue to jump into some silly season. Like, I'm like, how are we talking about silly season and we still have eight more regular season races? But <laughs> no, it's that time, though, for real. Once you really think about it, it's about that time. Okay, well, what we know is that the 48 is going to be vacant because Renee's boy, Jimmy Johnson, is out of there and mm-hmm. we know that Brad Keselowski has not signed a new contract with Penske so everyone thought that Brad was possibly going to go over to the 48 car but then we all got thrown for well shoot I mean it was a monkey wrench thrown right at us when we saw Denny Hamlin who nobody's really talking about but his contract is up as well I don't think Denny will ever leave Joe Gibbs, but that's just me. But we talked about this a few podcast episodes back. We saw Denny on a speedboat with the Rainbow Warrior, Jeff Gordon, and Mr. H, as in Rick Hendrick. Actually, I felt like uh, not too many. It raised my eyebrow, but I don't feel like too many people really thought much of it. But we'll see. But then... Now, there are some rumblings and some conversation that your boy Alex Bowman is going to move over to the 48 car and they're going to retire the 88 car. That is a lot of movement at Hendrick. And hear me out. William Byron is in the 24, but Chase Elliott was in the 24. Then He went to the nine, all these numbers swapping and flopping and carrying on. It's just a lot. (laughs) It makes you dizzy. But you think about it, I hate to say this, but is it a sign? And Renee, you can jump in, but is it a sign of what is to come with the sport when Rick Hendrick is only running three cars as opposed to four, if it does happen? Yeah. I mean, I think just off the, you know, off the top is... When you think about where we are right now, we are in a really, really different time in stock car racing just in general. And again, the NASCAR Cup Series, of course, with sponsorship, there hasn't been a time, but maybe one or two people that have a sponsorship that follows them out through the entire year, or at least covers most of the races. Now it's kind of broken up, which I think also for new fans, that can be kind of difficult. Yeah. Martin Truex Jr., those people are in a high, high tax bracket. Like, they, they they cost a lot to have them. It's not cheap to keep them. But William Byron and Alex Bowman, I'm sure they're probably cheap as chips compared to everybody else. So that makes it a completely different ballgame. So 
Could we see three cars for Hendrick and see him roll that out? Could that be a benefit? Yeah, it could be a benefit for him. You take one car out, while it looks like, damn, there's a lot more things going on wrong, but then there can be a lot more right going on if you can get all three of those cars to perform well at the same time again, which is, you know, it's happened in history. It's not uncommon that teams have changed up. I mean, look at Roush. Roush used to have five cars back in the day when it was allowed. Now they only have two. So again, things keep changing and the only way those teams have survived so long is for them to keep changing things like that. I mean, Hendrick was almost didn't exist at a point because they didn't have any money. They won a race and that saved them and that kept them in business. And I'm sure Hendrick probably has learned plenty over the course of time he's been in NASCAR. And so I think if they do opt out and put Bowman in the 48 next year instead of going out to get a free agent, It'll be a cost-saving thing, but also it could be a performance thing. It could help them out in the long run. It should be interesting. We've had this conversation before. I don't think, I don't want to say I don't think. I'm not going to say I'm not sure. I don't know how to say this, but William Byron ain't ready. He may get ready, but those are just my thoughts. Yeah. I think that's fair, honestly, what you said. I was about to say the same thing. I mean, I think that's fair too. I think the the funny thing is, is that when you see all of this shifting, uh, by the way, real quick, let me just back up and just say this. If Alex Bowman goes to the 48 and they retire the 88, I am completely happy with that. I, I mean, I actually kind of like that move if, if it actually happens. Like all the shifting and stuff, this all kind of reminds me of like when, remember Tam, like a few years ago when, when we were doing this whole thing, when we had all these episodes on our podcast about the changing or retiring and yeah, and it's just like, and everybody's trying to go here, everybody's trying to go there. It is crazy. I mean, but but you're right. And, and, and I mean, it's kind of funny because it, it kind of makes you dizzy with all these changes and everybody swapping cars and going here and going there. It's crazy. I have already said my piece and I'm okay <laughs> with it. <laughs> Look, you, like I said, you made a good point. I just say this quickly. I think the struggle for William is just making this adjustment so, so abruptly to cut. Even though I know me and Tam have talked about this before as well, off, uh, you know, off air, but it's the trouble for him. I think I told Tam the same thing a few days ago. It was like, look, I think you can have Chad Knauss with anybody in the field, right? You would initially think there's no way in the hell they can't win, right? But when you can't give feedback to your crew chief or your team in general, the engineers or whatever, that makes it more difficult for a Knauss or for him to make changes, because I think that was the dynamic he had with Jimmy Johnson or any, anybody that has like a crew chief, crew chief driver relationship. If you can give somebody good feedback, and that's just racing in general, you're going to probably succeed. But I think that's just a struggle. I mean, he went from the computer. He raced, obviously, in real life before hitting cup. But I don't think it was enough development as like most have gotten traditionally. So I think that's just going to be a big time struggle. I don't think it's all of his fault. I don't think he doesn't have talent. I just think it's going to take a little bit longer. I don't know if that means he may not be at Hendrick because of this in the long run, but we'll have to see. But that's just where the the big thing is for him. I think he's good. It's just the feedback can't be given. That's that's just it. I'll add two things. One, I'm going to go back to what Brad Kozlowski said about some drivers need to be demoted. And I'm not saying that. I was just that. thinking that. Yeah, I'm not saying that to William Byron. I'm just putting it out there. But to William Byron and the situation, I will say this is sponsorship is thin. So you either win or you don't have no sponsorship and you don't have no ride. We'll see how it plays out. Like, I think that Alex Bowman is a great driver. But in all honesty, 
Alex Bowman should not have won a race before William Byron. That's just my opinion. I'll leave it there. Silly season. I think that's pretty much it. I think all the conversation is primarily wrapped around the 48 and Brad Keselowski, unless there is something else that I'm missing. No, I think you got the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing everyone's trying to figure out at the moment. So we'll see how that might pan out. I guess maybe there was actually, matter of fact, there was one report I saw about Levine family racing. That was the other thing. They may sell the team. That's up in the air, of course, and that could make a big difference. I guess my only two cents on that is maybe someone like Kyle Busch Motorsports, maybe if they want to move up to Cup, this might be their easiest way to do it. It might be the cheapest way they could do it, and that could make Toyota's racing development completely different. Maybe they can have more of a spot for people, maybe. It's a possibility. No, there is no guarantee in what I just said, obviously, but it was just a thought of mine. I'm not sure how that would work because you'll have, like, it would be different if Kyle Busch was going to leave Joe Gibbs, but I can't really foresee him running at Joe Gibbs while his team is the competition, you know? He can always get some help. I mean, that's that's basically what Harvick did when he had a Bush series. Oh, well, Jesus. I'm dating myself. Xfinity series team for a long time and a few others. Brad Keselowski, same thing. If you can make, I think the, the thing is, if you can make a profit out of it, which is probably a lot easier to do or break even in cup, than it would be in anything else, I think they would do it. Because that's what Brad said when he sold his truck team, was the difficulty for him was it was so expensive to run, he could never break even. So that's pretty much why he eventually you know, kicked the can on that one. So that'll be something interesting, I think, maybe. Maybe. So I guess the only other thing to talk about is fans in the stands. I guess we can talk about fans in the stands. When is the next race we're going to see fans in the stands? I think Daytona Road Course is the only one that's, at least for right now, next. they I think they've got tickets getting ready to get sold for that. So that's the next one, I believe. Okay. Well, yeah. do we need to talk a little bit more about that or does that? Does this uh, actually have anything to do with uh, maybe like what's just going on in the sports world in general that they're trying to be cautious? Or is this something specific just dealing with NASCAR not having fans? Well, obviously it's for COVID-19, but I think it's based on state, if I'm not mistaken, because each state has various mandates. Yeah. Okay, so no fans in the stands? Maybe, maybe not. I guess, guys, there's not much else to talk about. I'm sure there are other things to talk about, but we're just not going to talk about them. So we are headed to New Hampshire this weekend. Finally, I feel like we've been off for like two weeks, but technically, I guess it's only been 10, 11 days. Yep. But with that being said, it is time for some predictions. I did it differently. Hope you guys like that. It's time for race predictions. Renee, who you got? All right, here we go. New Hampshire. And um, I got a good feeling about this one for uh, this driver that I'm getting ready to pick. I don't know why. He just kind of seems like he's been out there in the front lately. And I'm digging his vibe. I'm going to go with the number two. I'm going with Brad Keselowski in New Hampshire on this one. Uh, For my alternative pick, um, I'm actually going to go with Ryan Blaney uh, as my alternative pick. So don't be surprised if Ryan Blaney pulls that one out. But to win the race, I'm going with my man, Bad Brad Kislowski. Those are my picks, and I'm sticking with them. What do you say, Kenny? All right, so we are going to upstate, up way, way upstate. <laughs> yeah. But I am actually going to go with a Ford this weekend as well. I'm going with Kevin Harvick. He has won 
three times in the last four years. So that's going to be an easy pick for me. I think he can do it again. If he does win, that'll be his third one in a row. So that'll be pretty crazy. And then for my alternative pick, I'm actually going to go with somebody who has not won yet this season. And I cannot believe I'm actually saying that at this moment. But Kyle Kyle Bush, Bush. that's that's who I'm going with. (laughs) I can't believe I had to say that. And it is what eight races away from the playoffs. I can't believe I just said that. But still, that's my pick. So with that being said, Miss Tam, what are your picks? Okay, Kenny. So you're going with Harvick and Kyle Bush. I actually was thinking about Harvick. And so he is going to be my pick to win. And my alternative is Denny Hamlin. Aha. Well, there you go. Those are our picks. What say you fans? You got picks? Let us know who you think is going to come out on top at New Hampshire. And heck, if you even want to throw in an alternative pick and send it to us, why not? You can hit us up on our social media across the board at Turns No Breaks. Once again, that is across the board at Turns No Breaks. Please keep yourselves safe. Wear a mask if you have to go outside and just be safe and be kind to one another. For Tam, for my man Kenny and myself, we always appreciate you supporting and listening to our podcast, All Turns No Breaks. We will see you next week on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. Y'all be safe out there, all right? Take it easy. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 